Welcome to the Living Parables Podcast, where we grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ through the sanctifying work of God's Holy Word. I am Nate, your host. To all those who are tuning in the show, grace and peace to you from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. I appreciate each and every single one of you, and now let us begin. Well, I'd like to welcome you back to a brand new week, brand new episode. I pray that it is treating you well thus far. Today begins a two-part series called To Each Their Own. And in this two-part series, we're going to be looking deep into shepherding, us as sheep and God as our shepherd. And now what makes these next two weeks very, very special is these are from sermons that I preached, and it's an honor and a privilege. And this first one you're about ready to hear comes out of John 10. And John 10, you know, Jesus says that he is the door and he is the good shepherd. And so as we study this out, Here's what I would encourage you to do. Grab a pen, grab a notepad, and get some notes taken down because these next two weeks are going to be jam-packed full of rich spiritual truth that will help you in your sanctification, your walk with the Lord. And before we begin, I have some very, very exciting news for you all. I got an email from the founder of Feedspot, and by the selection of panelists, we were one of the top 60 Corinthians podcasts on the web. And first and foremost, I thank God because all good and precious gifts and and promises and blessings are all from him and so just the fact that i got this email i was already like wait what no way so i was already excited and so i clicked on the link to see where we landed and i'm going to keep you in just a little bit of anticipation but as i was scrolling through i'm like i'm i because i looked at this before i've looked at this feed spot before i looked at the top 60 Corinthians podcasts and I was I looked on there before I'm like you know what it doesn't matter if we ever land on there it's it's okay you know God is good all we're trying to do is preach and teach Jesus Christ as Lord we are adhering to the scriptures we are staying true to the scriptures and so whatever happens happens so with that being said, I clicked on the link, and ours has ranked number 10. And I am just blown away. So two people I have to thank. One, obviously my Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, because every good thing comes from him. And I have to thank the listeners. Thank you for your devotion your dedication to God and his word, 
and I am the I'm only the, the under shepherd. And I also want to give a huge shout out to my brother Mike Brown. He, if you are familiar with him, which you should be, he has a couple podcasts out there. The first one was Sight Beyond Sight. He's discontinued that. He might he might revamp it back up. But he also is the founder of his new podcast, which is an amazing podcast. It's M-A-N, the man podcast, men are necessary. And so I have to give him a huge shout out, although he won't want it because he's a humble guy, a foundational man. But um, Mike, I know you're going to be listening. Thank you from the bottom of my heart for being not just a friend, but a true brother in Christ, uh, someone that I can lean on and somebody that I hold very near and dear. Um, I, I treasure your friendship, your brotherhood. And so, you know, we sharpen each other and, you know, you inherit a large part of this blessing as well. So I appreciate you, man. So ladies and gentlemen, what an honor this is. And here's the deal. Nothing's going to change on the podcast. Everything is staying the same. We are preaching and teaching the truth of God until he comes or I go home. And so with that being said, here is the sermon. God willing, next week we'll have part two, which will feature Ezekiel 34, which I would encourage you to read that before you listen to it. And also a very, very close look at Psalm 23. I cannot wait for you to hear that. So with that being said, I pray that the Lord blesses and keeps you and gives you peace. And remember, everything is in Christ, with Christ, and for Christ. Until next time, God bless you all. Morning. Welcome to Eastside Christian Church. I'm so glad you guys are here. We also want to welcome those online. Um, I tell you what, we've been really blessed lately with all the rain. Um, so we talked about that in Sunday school a little bit. Uh, praise God for all the rain we've been getting. And uh, today, you know, we're, you know, John's on vacation, and we pray that uh, for his safety and also for other people in our congregation who are traveling as well. And making memories with their families, and so we're grateful uh, to be here today. Um, today's message, um, the title kind of speaks for itself, to each their own. Lately, I've been having conversations with my um, older children, because the younger ones wouldn't understand, but we've been talking, just lately, there's this reverberation in my mind talk about to each their own. A lot of people go their own way, and today's message is one of a grave, grave concern to me, and it's really evident in our world today. It is also becoming an overwhelming predominance in our church today, um, not just not this church, um, but just around as a whole. We're going to look at a passage of Scripture in Isaiah, and we're really familiar with it, Isaiah 53, 6. And this is kind of the baseline of... Our message today is all of us, like sheep, have gone astray. Each of us has turned to his own way. And the reason why uh, this is this is there is for a warning, but also a truth. 
before Christ, there was absolutely no hope. And I cannot think of another passage of Scripture that is more troubling than this one. Because at one point, this was me. And, this, and if we're honest with ourselves, it's us. And it even may be you sitting where you are right now. There are two comparisons in the Bible. There's probably a little bit more, but two that I was thinking about that, are, that illustrate our relationship with God. A father and son relationship, or father and children. Also a sheep and shepherd. Obviously, we're going to talk about sheep and shepherd today. Um, and it's been a really fascinating study about sheep and shepherds. Uh, it's way too deep to get in to knock this out before we uh, leave today, but we'll do our best. Um, we are compared to sheep in Scripture, and uh, sometimes, rightly so, as my wife would attest that I am a sheep at times. Um, but we're going to look at three characteristics of sheep real quick. Number one, sheep are easily frightened. It's interesting when you're setting this up is that sheep can be easily distressed or anxious over flies. Other sheep, which that makes sense. But something I find really interesting is um, running water will frighten the sheep. Which is interesting because in Psalm 23, well, that's a whole different study. It says, he leads me beside what? Still waters. Interesting. And so we're easy to frighten. How about number two? Uh, actually, let's get to uh, the, the scripture here. Psalm 34, 4. I sought the Lord and he answered me and delivered me from all my fears. How many times are we fearful? Uh, this it won't be up on the screen, but I wrote down Matthew 9, 36. It says, when he saw the crowds, this is Jesus. When he saw the crowds, he had compassion for them because they were harassed and helpless like a sheep without a shepherd. When we do not have a shepherd, we're helpless and lost, frightened. And unfortunately, in our world today, there are so many false shepherds out there. And Larry brought, it, uh, brought this up in our Sunday school class that for only $20, you can become a minister, even if you don't believe in Christ at all. And I made the joke of, well, that's, that's a really good deal. Jonas... You and I should quit seminary and just spend 20 bucks and call it good, I guess. Um, but it, it's sad, that's a sad reality that people would actually lead a church and they don't even believe in Christ. They don't even know the scripture. Don't get me started on that. Number two characteristic of sheep are very stubborn. Very stubborn. Romans 2, 5 says this, But because of your stubbornness, an unrepentant heart, you are storing up wrath for yourself in the day of wrath and revelation of the righteous judgment of God. All God's judgments are right. They're never wrong. He is always right. And why I say this? Because sheep, and you don't you wouldn't think they would, but they kick, headbutt, ram, constantly go astray, which is number three. Sheep are prone to go astray, which if I were to ask you what you knew about sheep, that would probably be your first response. They go astray. And we already went through Isaiah 53, 6. All of us like, uh, sheep have gone astray. Each one of us has turned to his own way. 
I want you to focus on that la- those last two words, own way. How many times, maybe you have family members that are like this, friends that are like this, maybe you yourself were like this at one point. You want to go your own way. Or maybe even people who profess to be Christians, they'll, they, they'll read the scriptures, but this isn't what God's saying. This is what it means to me, though, to justify our own way. But sheep are prone to go astray. I have to tell you this quick story here. In eastern Turkey in 2006, 400 sheep fell into a 15-meter ravine because the first sheep fell and the rest followed. 400, yes. 400. Because the first one fell and they all followed right afterwards. Why I say this is, is, is because... We cannot follow other sheep. Yes, there are pastors that you that that shepherd the flock, elders for sure. I'm not discrediting them at all. But I'm saying a lot of times we listen to the wrong voices. And another interesting fact about sheep, I, I found this to be really funny. If a sheep, a, a flock of sheep, were enclosed with a rope, and one of them started jumping over it. They would jump. And if you cut the rope midway, there's no rope anymore. They would still jump. That's how they are. And uh, I I just found that to be quite humorous. But, you know, much hasn't changed today. Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Snapchat, TikTok, you name it. We were people that follow trends. And I was always taught to not be a follower, but be a leader um, the only person you're supposed to follow is Jesus Christ. So we cannot rely on other sheep to lead us down the right path. And if we do, we could fall into a pit. And not just any pit, but a pit of judgment with no escape or do-overs. I'll also say this too. False believers will encourage your sin. So my word of advice is cherish those who tell you what God says and not what suits our sinful appetites. So, why do we stray? Why do we stray? I think the first part is we think our way is better. Listen to Proverbs twelve fifteen: The way of a fool is right in his own eyes, but a wise man is he who listens to counsel. This is why if I'm talking to anybody, you know, a lot of people say, well, I'm really trusting my heart on this one. I'm, I'm trusting my instincts. Well, we're going to find out here in a minute why we don't trust our hearts. But it's good to seek counsel. And not just one person, many. Especially those who are biblically sound. So the elders in this church, people who have really practical life experience, young people listen to them. They are, they are a treasure. Um, Proverbs 16.25, this will be very familiar to you. Uh, it says, there is a way which seems right to a man, but its end is the way of death. So we think our way is better. I can enlighten God. I can tell him something brand new. I can justify the way my life goes. I am my own God. But I mean, that's not the case. Uh, the second reason why we stray is our hearts are deceitful. And this is what kind of what I was alluding to earlier. 
Jeremiah 17, 9, the heart is more deceitful than all else and is desperately sick. We talked about that a while ago. But listen, now this is, won't be up on the screen. I wrote this down last second. Proverbs 28, 26, God says, those who trust in their heart is a fool. Your heart's deceitful. It's going to, it, your heart, when you trust your gut, it's going to lead you astray. And this one is probably the reason why we stray is one of the biggest concerns to me is we follow false shepherds. We follow false shepherds. Many people in the world today, in all these, I'm a air quote, churches, are following ministers, pastors, preachers, whatever you want to call them, that are leading people down the primrose path. Matthew 24, 11 says, Many false prophets will arise and will mislead many. What is most distressing is that this isn't about how the world goes astray, but the very people that come to church, and even those who have listened to God's word every single week, and yet still desire the world. A lot of false teachers today will tell you that you should be prosperous. You should be wealthy. You should be in full health. And if, you, if you're not, that means God is mad at you or he's upset with you because you don't have enough faith. And that's not the case. Now, I say all these things, and this is where I want you to really listen to the heart of God here in just a second. But be careful who you listen to, especially on YouTube. I know YouTube's incredibly popular, and we listen to people all the time. Listen to what they say. If you listen to people preaching online, please have your Bible ready to go. Be like the Bereans. Constantly check what they're saying. I remember one time I was up here, and I, I think I was in Job, and I, I said a chapter that was accurate, but the verse was nowhere to be found. Turned out to be it was the wrong one. But someone else, I, I, I saw the people's eyes, and like, I was like, oh, I wrote it down wrong. So always be checking. Be careful. Why? I have, I've heard biblical preachers say that Satan can interrupt your prayers. We talked about in the back that there is a new, in the Lutheran churches, there is a sparkle creed. If you want to get angry, look it up. It's completely blasphemous, and it's infecting the Lutheran churches today. People are reciting it, which means they know it by heart. And anybody that, that has any depth of knowledge in the Bible, it will make you, it'll make you shake your head. But this is what's, this is what's popular. God's all inclusive. He's not mad at you. He loves you no matter what you do. And why did his son have to die? God and his word are not enough. So man has to make it better. Yeah, right. I want you to listen to Psalm 81, 11 through 13. I, I really want you to listen to the heart of God in these verses. Initially, I had it to 17, but I'm like, we have to shut, like, shorten this down a little bit. But I want you to listen. Just listen to this. But my people did not listen to my voice, and Israel did not obey me. 
So I gave them over to their stubbornness of their heart to walk in their own devices. Listen to this part. Oh, that my people would listen to me, that Israel would walk in my ways. Can you hear God's heart in that? How many times, how many people in this room, I don't want you to raise your hands, have your sons or daughters have started off the path a little bit, and you're trying to tell them what's right in here, and they don't listen, it's like their ears are shut off. And then they make the mistakes, and they go through these heartaches, and they come to you looking for sympathy, and you're like, you didn't listen to my voice. You wouldn't be in this situation had you listened to me. Oh, that my people would listen to me. That Israel would walk in my ways. And we say this to our children, and we're imperfect. So sometimes I'll tell my kids something, and sometimes I don't do it the best, just being honest. But we, we can't look at God like that. He's perfect. He is holy. He is righteous. Everything he says is true. And we're going to find out either the easy way or the hard way. Either way. And I hate to do this, but what happens if we continue? Matthew 7, 21 through 23. And I'll tell you right now, when I heard this for the very first time when I was a young Christian, it scared me to death. Verse 21 says, not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, and just also Jesus is talking here, will enter the kingdom of heaven. But he who does the will of my father who is in heaven will enter. Underline this word, many will say to me on that day, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name and in your name cast out demons and in your name perform many miracles? And then comes verse 23. And then I will declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you who practice lawlessness. So what will happen? We'll depart from Christ forever. We'll depart from Christ forever. I have a question. Is gaining the whole world worth your soul? I don't think so. Is chasing after the next promotion, chasing after the next woman, chasing after the next man, Worth Jesus saying to you, I never knew you. Is it worth it? A lot of people do. They live this life. They do their own thing. They go their own way. And what happens? They get to the end of their life and they're filled with regret. I wasted all these years of my life chasing after what? The next thing that shines. The next thing that sounds good. I have so many people I've heard over the years have said, oh, Nate, but I've been, I've been to Switzerland. I've been to Canada. I've been to this. I've been to that. I've been all around the world. I saw all these beautiful things. Yet, you're still empty. I have kids. I live vicariously through them. I'm still empty. Sorry, kids. You are worth it, though. You're worth it. But... Jesus is all that you'll ever need. So what are we to do? What are we to do? We did a huge sermon series on John the Baptist, and his message was what? Repentance. 
I want you to listen to 2 Peter 3.9. The Lord is not slow about his promise, as some count slowness, but is patient toward you, not wishing for any to perish, but for all to come to repentance. Ladies and gentlemen, he is patient with you. Because God is so righteous and holy, the minute I stepped over the line, that should have been the end of me. That should have been the end of me. But he's patient. He's constantly drawing us in. Come and see. Come follow me. No. Come follow me. No. Come follow me. No. And something happens, fall to your knees and repent and turn to Christ. Acts 17.30, listen to this. Therefore, having overlooked the times of ignorance, God is now declaring to all men, all people everywhere, that you should repent. It's not a maybe. If you feel like it, you should repent. So repentance is the first part. Second part, remember the uh, Pharisee and the tax collector or the publican? Luke 18, 13. But the tax collector, standing some distance away, was even unwilling to lift up his eyes to heaven, but was beaten his breast, saying, God, be merciful to me, the sinner. So we repent and cry out for mercy. Now, I'm not sure if you've ever been in a situation where you had to beg for mercy, probably when you were a kid. Probably. When we're older, we don't really answer to anybody, right? Really. But when you understand the, the gravity of sin and that it separates you and God and that there's no way for you to make way back, it's hopelessness. And that's why the message of Christ, his gospel, is so important. It gives you a way out. But it's only one way. We're going to find out here in a little bit. But after we are repented, cried out for mercy, placed our trust and faith in Jesus Christ and Christ alone, and we have submitted to him as Lord, what happens? 1 Peter 2.25 For you were continually straying like sheep, but now you have returned to the shepherd and guardian of your souls. What a great and perfect illustration of our relationship with God. He is the great shepherd and guardian of your soul. If you don't have Christ, who are you going to trust in? So what do we do now? What do we do now? What happens next? We entrust our souls to the good shepherd. And that's not easy. It's not going to be up on the screen. Psalm 23.1. The Lord is my what? Shepherd. Is he your shepherd? Is he your shepherd? And I'm going to say this, and I had this conversation with my son just recently. We were at a stop sign of all things. I said, if God, who created this whole entire universe, he set the stars in place. He knows them by name. It says in Job, he sets the earth on nothing. Because if you think about it, the earth is not sitting on something. It's we're floating in outer space by his design, by his. And we're so 
perfectly far from the sun that we sustain life, yet it's an accident. And if he could take, by his words, he could create a blade of grass out of nothing, don't you think he knows the right way that we ought to live? Don't you think he knows what's best for us? And here we are. I want it my way. Because we went through the Burger King line. I hate to say that. But we went through the Burger King line. We were hungry. And it says, welcome to Burger King where you rule. Really? I never heard that before. So I tried to get my wife to say it. She didn't. She wouldn't say it. Um, <laughs> she's shaking her head. Um, she's like, <laughs> but, but that's what the world does. That's what the world does. You rule. It's about you. It's what you want. It's how you want it. Is it? No. No. So we entrust our soul to the good shepherd. That means everything. Your kids, your wife, your husband, your job, your dreams, your relationships, whatever. You entrust your life to him and him alone. Now really comes the meat and potatoes of this study. I want you to turn with me to John chapter 10. And most of you know this. We're going to go there. Uh, it won't be on the screen. I was going to put all this on there. It's just it's way too much. So we're going to go through this uh, almost verse by verse. We're going to break this down. Then it'll be time to go. But I want you to listen to this parable of the good shepherd. We're going to break it down. And there are some just real deep, rich spiritual truth when you actually, and this is just from me to you, read the Bible slowly, get a pen and paper, take notes. Um, there, there's a lot of great resources out there that will help you really understand what you're reading. Um, so you can ask me after the service or whatever, but they're, they're, they're great. There's great stuff. But I want you to listen to this. So we'll be going through 1 through 17. I believe it was on the screen. It says this in verse 1. Truly, truly, I say to you, Jesus is talking. He who does not enter by the door into the fold of the sheep, but climbs up some other way, he is a thief and a robber. So we're going to stop here for just a second. What is the, what is a fold? It's a sheep fold. Outside of the, outside of the city, there would be a sheep pen. And it's not the way you think of it today. I looked up what it, kind of what it looks like. It's about a four to five foot high stones that are stacked and it is, it's almost kind of, looks like kind of like an igloo, but it wraps around like this and has a small little opening. Now, did they have some actual physical gates? Some did. Other times they did not, which will be interesting to hear later because we're going to be talking about the door. But a sheep pen uh, consisted of that, and that is where the sheep go in and out. So at night when the sheep came in, the shepherd would sit and sleep in the doorway to ensure no danger came in or no sheep left. So if you're not the shepherd, and we're going to find out here in verse 3, or the doorkeeper, if you're not one of those two, any way you enter in, you would be a thief and a robber. Okay? Verse 2 says, But he who enters by the door is a shepherd of the sheep. To him the doorkeeper opens, and the sheep Hear his voice, 
and he calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. Okay, there's a lot of things here. So the doorkeeper was a hired under-shepherd who recognized the true shepherd. He opened the gate for the shepherd, and he assisted in caring for the flock and guarded them at night. So he had the overnight watch, and when morning came, as the shepherd approached, he would let the shepherd in. Okay. So verse 3 talks about, and the sheep will hear his voice, and he calls his own sheep by name. How many people in here have pets at home? Come on, you have, you, have, you have pets. Some of us don't, and I'm a little bit jealous of you because pets are a lot to take care of. But how many people in this room that have pets don't have any names for their pets? You just have a dog, you call it dog, or cat or cat. Yeah, I didn't think so. You probably have a name for your goldfish, too, whatever the case may be. I know I did. So it's interesting is the sheep in the shepherd relationship, the shepherd knows every single hair, every single mark, knows each sheep by their own unique name. And that's the relationship I need you to see with God today. And when the sheep come in at night, because they come in one by one, the shepherd would take his staff, put it down, check it over, examine it all the way around, let it in, next one, down, examine. It's interesting. But the sheep hear his voice. Let's, let's listen to uh, verses 4 and 5. When he puts forth all his own, he goes ahead of them, and the sheep follow him because they know his voice. A stranger they simply will not follow, but will flee from him because they do not know the voice of strangers. Now, I was going to try to get a video um, pulled up, but I don't know. It, it was like a two-minute video, and this guy in the video was like, shh, extremely loud. So I'm like, no, I won't. But the, these people were on a tour somewhere overseas, and it was a shepherd, and his sheep were out in the field. And these people were trying to get the sheep to listen to their call. I was like, this is, this is so simple. Why am I watching this? It almost brought me to tears, sadly enough, because they didn't listen to their voice at all. I mean, they were just grazing, eating. They couldn't care less. And the sheep, uh, uh, excuse me, the shepherd made his own unique call. And one by one, their heads popped up and was trying to find him. He kept calling and kept calling. And then they all started coming up towards him, and they were, they were just right at his feet. And then as he walked off, they followed him. What a wonderful, beautiful illustration of our relationship with Jesus Christ. That's how it's supposed to be. But what's interesting is a stranger, will they simply will not follow. There are many false shepherds out there today. And when you, we, we all, hear things that sound mm, a little bit of truth in it, but something's really off. You ever had that? It sounds really, mm, it doesn't sound right. So you go and check it and you're like, that's right, that's wrong. You will not listen to false shepherds. It's so important because he has given us his word. 
He has given us all things that pertain to life and godliness. It's all right here. You got to access it. You got to use it. It's that resource because you'll know when things are wrong, when they sound fishy. Because there's so many people who just follow without even checking. But what's, what's powerful about what we just read in verse 4, the shepherd goes ahead of them and the sheep follow him because they know his voice. So I want to say this to him real quick. Near Eastern shepherds lead their flocks out in front. Western shepherds, they drive the sheep from either the side or behind. Which I think is interesting because that's how it needs to be. Christ has to lead. But a lot of times, because we're Western, we like to, we like, well, Lord, I'm a sheep. I'm going to show you the right way. Come on. That's not how it is. But that takes humility. So they would, they would lead their flocks ahead. And why would they do this? They were out in front to clear danger, to keep an eye out on danger. Because you had thieves, robbers, wild beasts, all these things. But a shepherd leads them to water. It, he can also clear the path. But also for pasture. Very important. Listen to verse 6, and this is, this is so me. This figure of speech, Jesus spoke to them, but they did not understand what, the, what those things were which he had been saying to them. <sighs> typical. It's typical. How many times have we been studying the scripture and we just, I don't get it, I don't get it, I don't, and finally, oh, I get it. That's why we need to be reminded over and over and over. And that's why it's so important that every single day, 10 minutes, 15 minutes, half hour, hour, however long you, you can, get in the word. If you're in, it, if you're in the word right now and you, you have some stamina, stay in it. Because once you start straying, well, it's been a long time since I had this open, but I'm not going to start now because I feel guilty. Or I haven't been to church in this long. I don't want to come back because I might get a dirty look from whoever. So I'm not going to go. Let's listen to verse 7, 7, 8, and 9. So Jesus said to them again, Truly, truly, I say to you, I am the door of the sheep. All who came before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep did not hear them. That's talking about Pharisees and false teachers. Verse 9, I am the door. If anyone enters through me, he will be saved and will go in and out and find pasture. What's amazing about this verse here, these verses, when Jesus says, I am the door, we already have the illustration of what the, what the door is. When Jesus said in John 14, 6, I am the way, I am the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. That's what he's talking about. He is the only way. Also, this is one of the uh, seven I am statements. And if you don't know what I am statement is, that's a really good uh, study. When uh, In Exodus 3.14, when God told Moses, I am who I am, that's the self-existent one. So when people tell you that Jesus never called himself God, this is one of the times he did. Okay, But he is the only way. Listen to verse 10. The thief comes only to seal and kill and destroy. I came that they may have life and have it abundantly. We've heard that one verse before. 
But Satan and his false teachers, they, when, you, when they got you right where they want you, they're fulfilling their purpose. But Jesus came to destroy the works of the devil. And listen to verse 11. Jesus says, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays his life for the sheep. He who is a hired hand and not a shepherd, he, or excuse me, who is not the owner of the sheep, sees the wolf coming and leaves the sheep and flees. And the wolf snatches him and scatters him. He flees because he is a hired hand and is not concerned about the sheep. Again, verse 14. I am the good shepherd, and I know my own, and my own know me. Even as the Father knows me, and I know the Father, and I lay my life down for the sheep. I have other sheep which are not of this fold. I must bring them in also, and they will hear my voice. They will become one flock and with one shepherd. For this reason, my Father loves me, because I lay my life down, that I may take it up again. So, an interesting note about when he lays his life down, the Greek word is actually soul. He lays his soul down for you. Doesn't that change the gravity of that verse? He lays down his soul. So we read through this five things that a shepherd does for a sheep. And this is just scratching the surface of what we could uncover here. Number one, he cares for the sheep, protects the sheep. Number two, feeds the sheep. Number four, leads the sheep. And what we just talked about, he gave his life for the sheep. Now, as we conclude, I want to leave you with this last thought. We could all quote John 3.16. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have everlasting life or eternal life. Focus on those words he gave. What we just read in John 10, 15 and 17, I'll, I'll read it to you. Even as the Father knows me and I know the Father, I lay my life, or excuse me, I lay down my life for the sheep. For this reason, the Father loves me that I lay down my life so that I may take it up again. So the father gave his son. The father gave his life up for you. Here's the question. What are we willing to give up for God? The answer should be anything and everything. And when we have followed the good shepherd, and I'll tell you right now, the safest place a sheep could be is in the presence of their shepherd, following him. Because the she- our great shepherd knows the way. He knows the way. So if we follow him all the days of our life, we're living sacrifice. First Peter 5.4, and we're ending with this. Listen to these wonderful words. And when the chief shepherd appears, you will receive the unfading crown of glory. The chief shepherd is going to come. It could be today. It could be tomorrow. It could be 10 years from now. I don't know. Here's what I do know. When the chief shepherd appears, you are either a sheep or a goat. And we'll be separated from them. What are you going to do with what you heard? 
What am I going to do? Have you been following Christ or has the world been distracting you and you were following him? And ooh, look at that over there. Look at that over there. Well, I'm so focused on my job right now. I'm so focused on my family right now. And I'm not saying family is anything to take lightly. But if you're not following Christ first, he's going to get your attention one way or another. Follow him, follow him, follow him. Because he will never let you down. He is going to lead you the right way. That's a promise. It's not always easy. It's not always easy. But following Jesus is the best decision I've ever made in my whole entire life. And I would, there's a lot of people in, the, in this room nodding and in agreement with that. But what do we do? We always try to go our own way. We, get, we follow Christ for a while. Something shiny happens. Whatever the case may be, and they, that looks better. But we follow the voice of our great shepherd. And how do you follow his voice? His voice is right here. So with that being said, um, I appreciate you all. And let's go ahead and pray. Father in heaven, you are the good shepherd. Lord, far too many times I have wandered astray. And there was one point, Lord, that I was stubborn. We were stubborn. We were on our own path. And by your grace, by your mercy, by your patience, we now hear your voice. Help us, Lord, to follow you all the days of our lives. And, Lord, this road may not be easy, but, Lord, you know the way. Help us to trust you, God, who is our faithful, true shepherd, the guardian of our souls. We can trust you, God, with our souls because we know that you know the way, that you know what's best for us. Just help us to trust you more. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen.